It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the shows we loved. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was a year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. everyone welcome to down below a babylon 5 intro cast i'm will hi man i'm heidi and we can't hear beth oh no i'm beth oh okay what? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh we can hear you now oh you heard that okay yeah <laughs> that was a long delay <laughs> yeah that was an awful long delay I'll be surprised if all the big actually <laughs> okay. We're having the hardest time getting this show so going you this morning. Say my name. Well, we did yeah. but about did uh, five minutes after everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Beth. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> we can hear you. You want to call back Beth? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should either. <laughs> Skype loves us today. Anybody <laughs> hang okay. out today? Yes, that's better. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Today we are joined once again by our friend from up north, Anka. <laughs> Hi guys, hey, Anka. What have you done to us? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just eating Christmas cookies here, and I'm not eating while on the call. I heard I eat too loud. Yes. <laughs> we don't hear any loud. of it, but we spend a lot of time talking about. <laughs> Food, Christmas food, and all that. We're getting ready for the Christmas season, right? Yes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> I've done all my Christmas shopping. I did it online yesterday. Oh. I'm done. Without uh, any stress at all. I, I, I oh, yeah, um, I discovered that. I had earned a whole backlog of uh, vouchers with a local uh, UK uh, supermarket chain. And yeah, it covered most of my presents. Supermarket? Uh, yeah. I guess they uh, must have Tesco's, all the other stuff. Actually, uh, yeah, there are other supermarkets out there, but yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Tesco, Tesco's all... is pretty much their target, right? Uh, similar, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to ship all of my presents, so I like to do the shopping early, and presents might, shipping might cost about as much as the presents. Just yeah, it shipping does. so expensive this year. I mean, it, well, not this year, but it's gotten so expensive lately. I don't know why. That was because they're, I guess, because nobody uses mail anymore. <laughs> Tell me, whenever I ship something, it's um, either to the US or to Germany, which is even like <laughs> yeah. double yeah. the price of the gift. Yeah, I one time. <laughs> yeah, one time I had a no, it wasn't a secret Santa, but I did have to ship a Christmas present to uh, Canada. And it was like if you want to get there before Christmas, it's going to cost like what fifty bucks or something like that. You should have driven up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm nice. actually driving down to Washington next week to Olympia, so I wanted to go mm-hmm. down to Eugene and then I decided no, not not gonna do that. I need to go back to Vancouver one of these days. 
Today, we are here to discuss episode nine of season four, Atonement. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN underground report. As President Clark's regime continues to stifle opposition, many are wondering where to turn for hope of a resistance. It is difficult to get any information from Babylon 5, although word of Dr. Stephen Franklin's abrupt departure from the station has raised questions. And another departure from Babylon 5, that of Mimbari Ambassador Delenn, has also made some question how directly involved the Mimbari may be in the resistance. Rumors of an impending marriage between Delenn and Captain Sheridan seem to point to an increased chance that another Earth-Mimbari conflict may be a possibility, with Mimbari on the side of the resistance. On a lighter note, stay tuned for our look into the wild and crazy happenings at Drazi religious ceremonies. This has been your ISN Underground Report. I wish there was a podcast I could listen to every day to keep up with the geeky world. Someplace I could find out about news, movies, comics, and video games. All that available every single day. There's no way a podcast could do it. I guess I'm just a dreamer. Hey, geek! Wake up! Geek Radio Daily is the podcast of your dreams. Go to geekradiodaily.com. Subscribe through iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Geek Radio Daily provides your daily dose of geek, comics, movies, video games, news, and more. It's all the geek without the weight. The Atonement originally aired February 24th. <laughs> I think it might be on delay again. I'm not sure. Oh, no. Are people delayed? I can hear Will and uh, Ian fine. Okay, I want to keep going. Um... The Atonement originally aired February 24, 1997. It was directed by Tony Dow, who is probably best known as playing Wally Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver. Huh. He's directed a lot of shows, but none in the past 15 years. Seems to play himself in a lot of movies and stuff. <laughs> and it was written by JMS. Okay. So... Now let's get started with the recap. Well, uh, if the others can hear us. Um, yeah, how is my timing? You're better now. It's fine. Okay, yeah, I may have to like, periodically get off and come back on. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neither you you're fine, are you? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you'll find that a lot of us only watch the episode one time this week, so <laughs> I'm using a Lurker's Guide summary for the recap. This was Thanksgiving week, so you'll forgive us. Yes. You had other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so episode starts with um, Lanier and Zach. Zach is being fitted for his new uniform, and he's kind of uncomfortable, kind of reminiscent over previous episode where he was uncomfortable in his uniform. <laughs> well, is mm. this actually Garibaldi's uniform? And they're just refitting it to him? No, I think Or that was Oracle. Yeah, they're making a new one because um, it's kind of a ritual, it looks like, you know, like with everything with the uh, religious cast of the Membari, it's all ritual. So Zach is, just doesn't feel right doing this because he knows Chief is going to come back, but Lanier's like, what if he doesn't come back? Aww. And Zach yeah. is a fashionista. I mean, Zach always <laughs> complains about what he's wearing. Oh, he really does. <laughs> Uh, there, there is still a little, a lovely moment in this where um, 
mischievous Rambari seems to um, poke him with a needle and then Rambari says next time use a bigger needle yeah he's complaining let me deal with him <laughs> I hated yeah, that that's mean but actually I also have a I have a problem with needles a lot <laughs> quite a lot of needles poke somebody with a needle is... yeah yeah that's uncalled for and, yeah. and did you see how big that needle was? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> well, uh, next time he—he's uh, saying next time you use an even bigger one. Yeah, a bigger. If you're going to use a bigger one, you're going to end up using one of those plastic needles you use when you're knitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those aren't sharp at all. You just might as well whack him around the head with it. <laughs> exactly. I have some really big ones here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Zach like in fashion, you know, like wearing his street clothes. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, like remember this Greece. was made in the nineties, so we already had to put oh, up with a lot of bad fashion choices. I definitely want to see it now. <laughs> well, I just thought he had chosen the the bad path of of Korea if he like likes yeah. to dress nice and all. Yeah, well, well we did get the um bit. Last week or the week before, we Garibaldi saying that um, Zach was in some trouble. So maybe, yeah, maybe he wanted to go into fashion, but something happened, and now he's had to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think we backstoried him. Uh... Well, I like him better there. <laughs> I have to be, be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he likes his hair nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some good leather yeah. jacket, right? Yeah, cigarette. <laughs> and a necklace. <laughs> I don't know what the necklace is about, but woohoo. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's from Greece, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to post one too, but <laughs> it was faster. Yeah, his hair is so nice. He was supposed to be in high school there. <laughs> He's like 30 in that picture. Right, yeah. Well, uh, we do learn one thing about this. Apparently, all the fabric from the uniform is um, very specifically grown, and yet the small bit of grey fabric on their uniforms apparently only grows on a few plants on Membar, and they, it's meant to be really, really important. Yeah. And it's itchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> it's slightly poisonous, but it's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have an allergic reaction, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but actually, that's a good point. Rainbari, as we learned in this episode, haven't actually had much contact with other races in, in, in their trade. How do they? How don't they? Yes. Other races could have a severe allergic reaction to all of these fabrics. Exactly, and and Zach is right. I mean, they all wear like long coats and like white clothing, and so <laughs> I mean, hmm. it's not really like they're the you know they have you know. I mean, I love the uniforms. To oh, be honest, I love the oh, uniforms, I... and I can't understand why he's complaining. Yeah, oh, actually, that's actually <laughs> so. You know, you um inside the knowledge here, maybe the um, ISM report was actually on the um, Girardi party, but maybe there was a fashion report in there as well. 
They might accidentally <laughs> start another. They might accidentally start another war because they give somebody a, a code or something. <laughs> <and> they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be bad. <laughs> and otherwise, yeah. it's with the Membari, it's just gray, long codes and <laughs> triangle. Yeah, the um, fashion industry, you know, must be quite fun in the 22nd century with all these alien races and you know could be really interesting fashion shows I want to see a Minbari runway model oh, yeah. down the runway yeah. <laughs> yeah headphones are really in this season she's got the bone structure on her oh, yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> um so Delin greets him in bar delegation. She wants one more day to um <laughs> spend with him. She wants to tell him where she's going but not why. But Oh this but, should be uh, Bobby Saxo, shouldn't it, really? Because we, we had him in the uh in season two being really snarky and snippy about her choices to uh go through with the change. Yeah. This was the year Buffy started, but he wasn't on there yet. No. I don't think it had started at this point. Um, yeah, so he was, what did he say? <laughs> What's my place? Um, that basically, um, yeah, Delane can do what she wants, but in his opinion, tell Sheridan you're not coming back from Ember. Yeah, if things don't go well, you won't be coming back to the dreaming. If the dreaming doesn't go well, the dreaming. <laughs> so Delin is wearing her green leader sash. Remember, she's the green leader. <laughs> you mean so Ivanova? Ivanova. Yeah, that's right, Ivanova. Yeah, sorry. she's wearing a green leader sash. <laughs> yep. She's on her way to a religious party with the Drazi. Yep. A lot of throwbacks to back, previous. Yeah. Episode. They had a lot of throwbacks to previous stuff. All so. the way back in season two when she went to a Drazi party, that was a wild one as well. <laughs> you think it's only a throwback? I think it's only because she had to be in this episode because she got paid for it or so. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, think she had a contract for those episodes and she had to be in there. Yeah, but it's fun to see her though. And they made, yeah, it's fun to see little references to stuff we've seen. Yeah, it does. Even if it's just a little one. Just, you know, I tried to understand why this was in there. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> So in Med Bay, Dr. Franklin is... Oh, I think you're behind again. (laughs) Yeah, I only heard wandering. The word wandering, and then... Yeah. I think she's typing something. Sorry. Go ahead. So Franklin is fitting Jakar with this new prosthetic eye. He doesn't like that it's not his natural color, but Franklin said, you know, tell remote, uh, warns him he needs to clean it and... Well, just be careful when you take it out because it'll still keep transmitting to you even when it's not in the socket. So yeah, Jakar loves the fact he can remove this eye and just peek this, at himself. <laughs> this is awesome and completely reminds me of uh, the Weasley twins' extendable ears in Harry Potter. I'm like, uh-huh. Jakar is just going to like toss his eye into a room so that he can see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and of course, because it's made in the 90s, they go for the idea of a camera that small, there'd be problems with the image quality. Yeah. And there would be, but I think, you know, we've got, we're getting better and better quality of cameras 
Uh, maybe Hello? we're in the 22nd century, that would be the case. We Hello? Hi there. We can hear Hello. you. Well, you know, you have to think it's a it's a camera that speaks to the eye nerves or so. I mean, I don't know yeah. how this works, but yeah, <laughs> maybe, you know, that is not yet um, fully <laughs> there. No, that's not possible. Maybe that's where the problem is. <laughs> Exactly. Oh. So they have to start out right away. But I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> they should have been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just me being picky with this episode. You know, the thing is, my uh, my fiance is in medical, um, uh, biomedical engineering, and I think this is something that's probably already <laughs> been done somewhere, <laughs> and just like a prototype or so could be could be there already. It's at least what they do, and I could imagine that would probably be way better than what they have there. From the quality, from the image quality, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, it's a um, nice concept, though. I mean, I like it. If that would ever yeah. happen, for sure, yeah. Probably better than what Jordy's visor, maybe. I mean, you can see clearly at least. You uh, can't and apparently, see. that's also a um, contact he's using. His natural color, eye color isn't. I think it's green, not blue. You mean of the actor? The actor, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I was looking at some color contacts I... the other day. They're so expensive. I didn't realize how expensive they were. Yeah, why would they um, not put in his normal color? I'm not sure. Maybe the blue stands out more. Yeah, more of a contrast. I bet yeah. to the red. Well. Maybe it's just the ones that are looking at were expensive. I'm looking at some now for really cheap. Anyway, um, so Sheridan's going to Delin's quarters, and he comes across Ivanova, who's walking on a cane, <laughs> stumbling out on uh, the lift. Yeah, with two unconscious like, drawers, you know. <laughs> she looks a little. Yeah, her hair is all messed up. And yeah, I mean, I think uh, Palmy was wondering. Are the other two just passed out because they're drunk, or are they passed out because he knocked them out? Yeah, like, why is she limping? Is she getting a fight? <laughs> yeah. You'll never know. <laughs> Don't ask. She's just drunk. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sheridan keeps going, goes to the Lynn's room. She's wearing a gown. And th- she, um, isn't this the dress she wore when they went out on their uh, big date a while ago? No, that's a different one. I, it looks pretty much like a, I don't know, like a nightgown, like a, you know, a little lingerie. For... <laughs> I was like, why is she wearing a nightgown? I mean, you know, when, when you hear later on that it is not yet 7 p.m., apparently. Um, why is she wearing that? <laughs> well, she's about to go away, maybe forever. She wants to make the memory of her memorable. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she wants to, yeah. Yeah. She wants to finish that. Um, Are we talking watching... about her gown? Yeah. yeah. That looks like a nightgown. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sexy. Yeah, but though. she's re- she's wearing this um, scarf with it as well. This. Is a scarf with it? <laughs> yeah, this uh, thing <laughs> she's like wearing a... around her shoulders. It's got almost a shawl, but it's kind it's like of too soul, short. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she wants to finish their ritual that got interrupted by Anna Sheridan, the watching thing. Hmm. She has to leave, and he knows he she isn't telling him everything, but he agrees. <laughs> His face is so great. <laughs> like when he's <laughs> not, like, <laughs> he looks very mad, very upset. <laughs> he has to go off to see Franklin and Marcus. He's um, 
going to send them to Mars to begin, I guess, retaliation against Clark for the lies about the station. And Franklin's wondering about Sheridan's father. He offers to ask some questions to try to find out what happened to Sheridan's father, but Captain says no. It just put the resistance in danger. Yeah, but he's sending Franklin and Marcus to Mars. Yeah. And Franklin and Marcus haven't spent much time together up until this point. They yeah. have that one episode. They but, did, yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't seen much since then. I mean, I know that you guys have watched that episode only once this time, and I, me too, but me, I noticed something that I've never noticed before. Like, when the scene cuts over from the land to, to him then speaking to, uh, to Franklin and Marcus, he basically throws this report at Franklin, and Franklin can barely basically put pull his fingers away um and he looks at him a little bit like what's going on here yeah, yeah. So i guess he's still a little bit um confused from <laughs> from the, the talk with the man yeah oh and another um point we get um a time reference of how long it's going to take to get to mars the long way round and changing ships every other day uh, Marcus says it's going to be about two, two and a half weeks. So if that's the long way round, we can probably say Babylon 5 to Mars, at least, in, on a direct route, maybe a week or so. So that's good to know. Is this where he's, this where he's talking about his father saying that... Um, sure. I can't remember what he said. Um, I guess he wasn't that worried. <laughs> yeah, there's that as something. well. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was just saying his father's probably okay. Yeah. Or maybe I made yeah. that up. <laughs> he says the Sheridans are survivors or something? Yeah, yeah something I think like they say Sheridans are survivors, don't they? So, Dylan is caressing Sheridan's face. <laughs> I think his dad is alive, but in danger. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, where do you think he is, then? Hmm. Do you think he's still free? He could okay. be in hiding. Hmm. I think um, we probably lost Beth again now. So. And I'm wondering whether you can hear me. Yeah, yeah can we hear can you. hear you. Ian. Oh, that's good because it, it's just I was saying stuff that didn't need a reply, but then again, it was uh, we've been having so many problems with Skype. Yeah. Yeah, so. Elizabeth is typing and saying she's too late. Mm-hmm. So. Probably <laughs> Skype. So yeah, um, she. Hmm. Oh, sorry, Beth. Um, Yeah, when Delyn leaves, she comes across Lanier, who doesn't, um, yeah, it reminds her, yeah, a place to be there. Um, kind of reminds me, that's like, didn't they have this conversation once before where she was going to see the Great Council and she didn't want him, but he's like, you know, I pledged to be there. Oh, and it's yeah. the same location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, no? it's oh, on Babylon 5, yes. On yeah, Babylon 5. But, um, yeah, I think also, though, this time, uh, Delane's not worried about what other people will think of, uh, Lanier, but what Lanier will think about her. Yeah, you may find out some stuff about me you don't like. <laughs> but he's like, yep, I know it's like a pledge to be there with you. And so they go to Minbar and the lead of her clan, what's his name, Kalin? Mm, um, and this is another thing. We've heard about clans before with um, the episode on with Lanier 
Um, yeah. And the frame up with Sheridan, you know. But here we get a bit more information that, you know, uh, you've got the different casts of Membari, you've got the worker, warrior, and religious casts of Membari, but you've also got clans as kind of the next step down. So, so Kalin is played... Oh. Hmm. Kalin is played by a guy named Brian Carpenter, but I see something that I'm not going to say. Anyway, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I always thought that clans are like the family... And uh, extended family, that's what, Ex- yeah, you know, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, kind of family, uh, a family of families, you know, that kind of connected. And, right. and we all yeah. know how they can be, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have to uh, play a role in our love life, <laughs> they have to say their opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Later on, we also find out um, the... the Delenn actually has a family name as well, but apparently Membari don't use them regularly in, in part of their title. They only go by their first name, but, you know, Delenn's of the family Mira. Mira. Yeah, Mira. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Colleen doesn't like her hooking up with Sheridan, saying that Okay, yeah, Minbar, you have never taken an off-worlder as a mate. And he said that, you know, they're not trying to be mean. They just want to help her. Yes, we're all, we're just helping you. We're just looking out for you. You don't really love him. You don't know what love is, really. <laughs> <laughs> so she used to say that um, he, she has to submit to the dreaming to figure out what, why she's doing what she's doing. And they have to, she has to obey whatever her clan decides. And although she doesn't agree with, uh, you know, how they do it, like she says, okay, you make the rules. Uh, how can I actually, you know, uh, pro, uh, you know, prove to you that I love him or prove to you that it is a real thing? Uh, she still how can says, I get around yes. the rules? Well, she basically does what um, Ducat la- later on we hear him exactly tell her that, essentially that, you know. Oh, yeah. You yeah, tell someone what, you know, when they're making a mistake, right. but then you have the truth out there. You know, yeah, but I mean... If they continue to make the mistake, it's their decision. Yeah, I mean, you, from from all we know, uh, she'll, she'll make the right choice and it's all good for her in the end. But, um, you know, at that moment, everyone believes, okay, that's not going to happen. Anyways, like, you will not you will not find a reason. There will not be anything because we are making the rules. And she tells them, but she still says, okay, um, although she knows she will potentially then lose Sheridan. That's quite Yes, but also the lens, that sort of person that will find a way out of this. Yeah, yeah. No matter what she has to do, she'll find a way out of this. Well, she she doesn't really say, yes, I, I will not go back. She doesn't really say that, right? I don't know. Did she say that? Like when he says, "Do you like? Do you agree? Um, do you do what we say? Do you do? Do you not go back?" Then I think she doesn't say yes. She doesn't necessarily. I don't know anymore, really. Hmm, it's difficult to tell. I mean, I, I almost think that um, Delenn, if she had to, if things didn't go, I would put herself into exile and be with Sheridan rather than, you know. 
lose him at this point. Well, they said nothing in the world can stop them, or in the universe. And... Yeah. Yeah, I think she nods mm. a little bit mysteriously. She's like, yeah, yeah, you jerk, whatever. <laughs> 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 I don't know. So Lanier volunteers to be her second to protect her in the dreaming. So they both take a drink from the yeah. chalice. And- I mean... I'm not sure, but I think essentially this is all ritual, but they're taking a drug there where kind of, along with the mist, it kind of puts them in a state where, you know, it aids with the memory and creates a joint hallucination. That's my theory, anyway. <laughs> so, Lanier, um, Lanier can tell she hasn't been, she's been in the dreaming before, because uh, once when she was an acolyte, she was second to Ducat, and she begins to relive that time. Yeah, I mean, this is actually something quite big, because we've heard about Ducat before. This is the first time we see Ducat. That's a big leader. And he's pretty cool. Yeah, and you see so a he's... lot of where Delenn gets her inspiration from, and, you know, and you, there's a lot of similarities in Ducat and Delenn. Yeah, um. But is that the first time we see him? Well, we see him die once, do we? No, this, I think this is the first time we actually see him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've heard about him before. Uh, This is the legendary Ducat. So he's telling us there's nothing to fear in the dreaming, only what we take with us, and suddenly she's on a ship that's being attacked, and Ducat is dead in her arms, and she screams. And we're back in the present, I think. Oh, she's uh, being comforted by Lanier. Yeah, she's on the fourth floor, semi-comatose, because of what she's seen there. She's relieving a huge trauma there. So back in the past, Delin is um, summoned by Ducat, and... She's so meek here, isn't she? Yeah. What was it like uh, seeing Delenn back in the old makeup? It was really weird. Um, I liked that she was uh, like very much like Lanier was to begin with and we even got like that uh, that whole thing about like look up and you know I can't or whatever and that pretty much the exact conversation oh yes definitely it also helps they cast Mm -hmm. a really tall actor in Ducat because Delenn looks so tiny here yeah yeah, so um, the Grey Council, they tell them the Grey Council isn't going to make contact with this recently discovered species or these silly humans. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is an interesting point that Ducat and the Grey Council know about humans before they even have the infamous first contact. And yeah, uh, that's something to worth uh, thinking about. Yeah, I think one of the Grey Council members, I'll probably say that we'll reference him again, but I didn't even recognize him. I may have to go back and watch that scene again. Um, Then must have been pretty long before. I mean... Oh, yes, this is years before. Yeah, she was still an acolyte. She was. Oh yes, and it would have had to. It would have had to have been years of training and. um, growth for her to even be considered for a, you know, Grey Council position. I've I, exactly. I really got a feeling this must be, you know, ten years or something like that. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, so he asked her what she would do, and she says that humans are a mystery presented by the universe as a gift. So he goes, pleases her, and, you know, he chides the council for their attitude. This acolyte, I guess, has the right attitude. Yeah. I think it, he even calls her child. Like this child. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a pretty cool scene, so, to be honest. Yeah, I really like is. that. It's, so it's, a, it's essentially the origins of Delenn. Yeah. So I guess later on she became a member of the Great Council after he kind of um, took over her yeah, mentored her. And the triluminary glowed blue when she took the oath. Yeah, we've seen Everybody it glow like that before. Uh, so but, does that mean that anybody that's a descendant of Valen can like go in the chrysalis and become half-human? Uh, potentially, um, because yeah, the the triluminary wouldn't have glowed unless it sensed human DNA within her. I think. Are we glad she did end up with baby with uh, Sinclair? Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, well, I guess that would have worked. Played out yeah, differently then. Uh, <laughs> essentially, um, Valen for I- in uh history is essentially Charlemagne or um, Genghis Khan in terms of being related to huge swathes of the population. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, wouldn't it glow for most Mimbari? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, you know, a whole line of <laughs> descendants. Well, Sinclair got it on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was unusual was enough for uh, the people to shoot glances at one another so maybe it's something like a third of the population well i mean well. he says that it was the first time it glowed i know like, and that's at, what's so in the oh, great yeah. council meetings or you know when somebody signed up or so but there are only nine great council members so i assume there's not too many but i mean there should have been long time ago somebody yeah, before, yeah somebody right? maybe it just wasn't recorded it's just we don't talk about that, okay? Yes, it glowed, but don't mark it in the records. Yeah. Because I mean, what are the odds? It... Yeah, think about it. Or it only gets written in certain um, Grey Council records for their eyes only. And it's kind of, yeah, we don't talk about this, okay? <laughs> it's just like the guy at the end, you know, wanting it kept a secret. Because the race has to stay pure. Not pure. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, so Ducat congratulates Dulin and asks her about the Triluminary and talks about how it was brought by Valen. And one story is that he's from far in the future. And he starts to explain why he selected Dulin to be his protege when they get interrupted by an alert. So, the council chamber, and from the council chambers, they had noticed that some sh- unknown ships were coming, and Dulin says they're humans. And. Uh, uh, Ducat is pissed that, you know, they went forward with their gun ports open. It's... How stupid are you? (laughs) Yes, it's a Membari custom, but they're not Membari. They don't know know our customs. (laughs) But they noticed that there were soul hunter ships out there. Remember soul hunters said they tried to get Ducat's soul and yeah, show we didn't see that because I mean it would have been a grim sight, but apparently um, they piled 
mountains of Membari bodies in between them. Like bodies? Like dead bodies? Oh, yes. So essentially, as this battle is going on between the humans and the Membari, the Soul Hunters ships are trying to get on board the Membari ship, and all the and living Membari are piling dead Membari on top of one another to create a physical barrier between the Soul Hunters and Dukat. Mm. Oh. We did learn that okay. before, right? Yes, Why did we, we not see this? Because <laughs> you, it's awful. You, you said <laughs> in the Soul Hunter episode you wanted to see it. And yeah, yeah, I want to still think the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, would look, it would be a grim sight, but it would be really cool. Also, I would remember it better rather than them just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Not at Game of Thrones here. <laughs> yeah. The airships open fire and Ducat is killed. And so there's a the, the council is divided about whether they should um, uh, take revenge. Oh. But Delin cast the deciding vote. Deciding yeah. vote to the, yeah that from yeah. one of her great performances. That line is just she she's challenging channeling real life events there you know she is filled with grief and rage and you can see it written all over her and that's so, a revelation right Heidi and Lynn yeah. is the one who started the war basically yeah, yeah so that is a quite the revelation <laughs> uh-huh. it is yeah so um, right now we're learning that essentially Delenn's responsible for the genocide of, of the human race and Sheridan's <laughs> responsible for a near genocide of the shadows. Um, yeah, they're both mass murderers. Mm. Uh, they're a they're a great fit for each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, I didn't come up with that observation. That's all down to the Babylon podcast. Um. Yeah, on their watch through, they pointed that out. <laughs> Those poor shadows. <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel that bad for, for them. Uh, but, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're a fit for one another. They killed millions each. Maybe even billions. So, so Lynn, I guess, back in the present, explaining that it became a holy war and so she soon regretted her moment of rage. It was too late. And Lanier tells her that her relationship with Sheridan shows that she's still seeking absolution. And she asks him if he uh, really believes that. But no, but it's what the clan's going to say. So Kellen calls him in and tells him to rest until tomorrow. And they'll tell them what they've seen. And then there'll be a judgment reached. Delenn's trying to sleep and she keeps seeing Ducat die. For the first time, she notices his lips moving, but she can't make out what he's saying. So she goes back into the dreaming, you know, uh, the rest of the clan doesn't want her to go. But it's too late, they've already had the potion. So, um, Kalin goes in with her and you see the earth ships attacking and Ducat lying in her arms and Delenn says, listen, so we see blood coming from Ducat's mouth and he's saying, There was a purpose in my selection of you, your heritage. You are a child of Valen. That's a nice term. Which apparently is not as uh, as unique as you would think. 
Right, not to unique. <laughs> well, apparently it's unique for a um, you know, unique enough to point a pointer to the um Grey Council. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. There's plenty of descendants of Valen, but very few of them have the same qualities as him. Let's say. Yeah, maybe and that doesn't go for everyone. Maybe. Um, maybe she has enough in her crystal. Yeah. Uh, maybe kind of... there's maybe there's more at play here. Maybe um, there's like I don't know. Somehow she has been specifically prepared and. Mm. Like because I mean, obviously she has to be because she plays a part in it later on. So yeah, whole so time travel thing. Thinking? Yeah. Yeah, she's special because she's a child of Valen, and she actually knew Valen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did so Valen go way back? Oh, you think you showed him when <laughs> yeah, he got exactly. back? Kind of left a kind of note uh, uh, written to Descartes, essentially. So, um, you know, like he wrote a letter for um, himself and Delaine. Maybe he he left a letter for Descartes and Descartes. Uh, you're going to meet an acolyte called Delaine. She is very important. Train her up and put her on the Grey Council. I think maybe he was leaving letters all the way along, like to uh, Delaine's ancestors, going, Okay, you need to get with this person. Okay, you need to get with this person. Okay, you're meant to be with this person. He like had to write the whole ancestry to get everything to fall into line. Oh, that would be. Very complicated. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, we don't get it yet, but we get it later whilst we're talking about um, stuff uh, Sheridan Valen did. Um, his body was never found. Mm-hmm. He died, but his body was never found. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point to died? think about. It's a zombie! <laughs> he could be immortal. How do we know his body is? How do we know he died? I <laughs> <laughs> Um... <laughs> So later, Lanier has this scroll, which he sneaked out, which basically says that Delenn is a child of Valen. Yeah, said from Valen, so is a lot of other people, and they're trying to yes. keep the Membari bloodline pure. Well, it's not pure, and I'm not pure Membari, so it doesn't matter whether I marry Sheridan and pollute a bloodline. I'm polluted already, according to your standards. So Delenn says that, um, I mean, Kalin says not to go public, but I have a compromise that you could say that the clan is fulfilling some kind of ancient custom when the victor would offer a daughter to, as the bride of a loot, offer you know, their daughter to the loser, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we see they Membari? have, yeah. they used to have wars, uh, within the Membari society. Yeah, as well. with, with, within clans. Yeah, maybe they were hunters hunting down those people that were. The impression I get is that although, uh, yeah, they probably weren't fighting one another by the time Valen came around. They were still in clans and they weren't formed into the castes yet. So each clan had a mixture of roles. Um, Oh yeah, 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 and also. Membari don't have a term for PR, but this is exactly what they're doing. It's a PR spin. Yeah. So she gets back to B5 and Sheridan greets him and she doesn't tell him anything except that everything's fine. <laughs> Her secrets. And she doesn't even and say bye to Lunia. 
She's laughing completely. <laughs> well, you see the look Lanier gives them both when they greet one another and kind of get all gooey-eyed. It's, oh, I went through all of this with her for this. Yep. The cut was played by a German actor whose name I probably shouldn't pronounce. Rainer something Schoen. It's uh, pronounced Rainer oh. Schöner. Rainer Schöner. I was about to say, you could probably pronounce that for us. <laughs> um, hey, it's pretty cool. So finally, we uh, yeah, Delenn was asking about Marcus and Franklin, and finally we see them on a ship. A transport ship there. Yeah. Marcus uh, is singing and doing well, this little... Well, not quite. It ends on the singing, which you have to put in the episode. I, I love this little thing. It's just, they're, they're together in, in a cramped space, and Marcus is just getting on Franklin's nerves. and You know, he's doing part of it just to wind Franklin up, and it's brilliant. Oh. Yeah, so... yeah, I love and... this scene. Him singing the what the major general yeah song. yeah and and he, 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 one of the few times we don't get the um closing music we get um Marcus singing the song <laughs> apparently they just took one of the takes from that they had during the day and played it during the credits yeah, oh yeah well, okay that's from the Pirates of Penzance right yeah it is <clears throat> yeah. I I had this horrible experience in the sixth grade where I auditioned for a play, The Pirates of Penzance, and somehow they gave me the role of the nurse, and I had to perform in front of the whole school. It was horrible. Oh. I had to so sing. You, you be in a position um, Franklin is here and don't sing. <laughs> no, I, I am not a good singer. I don't know why they gave me that role. I had a solo. It was bad. Oh. But it was not that song, right? No, it was uh, not that song. She does not sing that song, but... Uh, yeah, I remember that song being in Star Trek The Next Generation. That's probably where I first heard it. Uh, I first remember hearing it. I think I first heard it um, right here. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't even know the other play. I, uh, think. I, I must have seen Pirates of Penzance when I was a kid, but I really don't remember it, but... Yeah, the song, first time I paid attention to it was in this, at the end here. And just They've not spent much time together, but I really like this dynamic. Just in this one scene alone. It's just so cool because we know that Franklin used to, uh, you know, uh, hitchhike the galaxy or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he wrote the guide. Um, but... Um, you know, like he complains about the the ship being not the best ship, and so on. I was like, you know, you hitchhike the galaxy. Why would you? Yeah, but he hitchhiked around as a doctor, and did he? Well, maybe. Yeah, well, he was basically hitchhiking, selling his services as a doctor to any race. Okay. And you tend to give doctors a better quarters. Shits. Yeah, yeah, better quarters. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> but still, it's a Bill Blair was in this episode. One of the uh, Membari, uh, I reckon. I don't know. Yeah. Ducat. Uh... Did you did you actually hear that he had a German accent, Ducat? I'm sorry. Did you did anybody hear that he had a German accent? I didn't notice. I just no, no. there was. It, it sounded more British than American, yeah. though. But, that could you know, be because... because he's German. That's probably yeah. why. 
we tend to learn English, uh, uh, British English, yeah. Well, I mean, I hear it at the word question. <laughs> we can't say it that nicely that you guys hear. Um, but other than that, I also didn't notice when, when I was younger, only when I knew that he was German. <laughs> so apparently when she, uh, Dylan or Mira got into her makeup, JMS. It's like it's you. I haven't seen you in three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, this episode apparently takes place at the same time as one of the movies. We'll talk about that later. Well, <laughs> some of the events do. Yeah, overlaps a little bit. Um, um, yeah, not too much spoiler that they will take a few of the scenes here and use them in the movie. Just so they save a bit of budget. <laughs> but they'll be all new to you because you don't remember seeing them. <laughs> well, there was a discussion, actually, um, on in the um, spoiler group if if that information was known to, to anybody before, before that episode aired. And I think I knew that already before, so I may have seen something other. Oh. I don't know, maybe not in entirely in... But I'm not sure. Like I, we were well, discussing it, and everybody's like, "No, no, this information is new information. It's a complete, well, cool, big revelation." Yeah. And maybe that was, but maybe I've yeah. seen it so often, watched it so often now that I don't even realize that it was shocking. I think there are a couple of fans who find out the revelation from the movies and watch some of the movies first, rather than the series, because that's why they were originally released to catch people up. It could be, yeah. That could be that I watched one of the movies before, but I don't even, I don't even know. I just know that it is for you guys, right? Heidi and Elizabeth, it's completely new information. Like yeah. the war yes. and the Valen stuff and, and mm-hmm. um, how awesome Ducat is. How <laughs> awesome Ducat is. Yeah, he's awesome. Why didn't Sinclair leave Ducat a message warning him about meeting the humans? He could have left Ducat a message, but tampering with the future is very chancy business. Oh, and yes. make things worse. Mm. Uh, and if, but the war needed to happen in order for um, the Membari to find out about Sheridan. In order for Sheridan, sorry, Sinclair. In order for Sinclair to be put on Babylon Five. In order for Sinclair then to go to Membar to train the Rangers to then travel back in time and be conveyed he can't stop the war he had well, to let the war happen exactly and without the war there would have not been any Babylon 5 yeah because yeah. they only built it because of the war Dylan's human DNA is what helped her undergo the change yeah. helped out with the change um Dick Glofer Sinclair um anything else I think that's about it. Oh, apparently in the comments for War Without End, um, JMS said that Valen had no children, but now he says he hasn't. Um, JMS just said, yeah, what airs on TV is canon, not <laughs> what I say in the yeah, online. Uh, um, yeah, he's a creator of a TV show. He, sometimes you have to lie. Or you may have, I think in my mind, my he just changed his mind. <laughs> Maybe he changed his mind, but... JMS is that sort of person uh, I can't see this sort of thing not being planned in advance and maybe he just forgot a detail when he was replying yeah that can happen right Uh, um, (laughs) there's so much detail to all of the things yeah yeah I mean one of the books um, deals with um, 
some of what happens when Sinclair went to the past and became Valen. So that'll be interesting to read because I really do need to read it. I think it's to dream in the City of Sorrows that takes place partly in the present and partly a thousand years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't read that. I haven't read it yet myself. It's sitting on the bookshelf ready. I'm waiting until we actually finish at least the main series. The man hasn't... Um, forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> do you have any quotes? I I do have one. Actually, I have on not too many quotes um, written down here. So hopefully I'm not taking I'll, one I'll of yours. I've only got one, but go ahead first, Anka. Yeah, I, I take the one that... Um, that Ducat says, uh, when others do a foolish thing, you, um, you should tell them it is a foolish thing. They can still continue to do it, but at least the truth is where it needs to be. I like that one. I heard that before somewhere else. Maybe that was taken from Babylon 5. So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not, you know, that original. But still, it's good to actually get that on, out on the TV show. You know, pe- it'll lead smart people to speak up then. I'll, um, I'm going to take my quote from the end scene because I love it so much. Marcus, this type of conversation can only end in a gunshot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like me to sing instead? No. You haven't heard me. Marcus, please. <laughs> and then it goes into the song, which I can't sing, so I'm not doing Apparently, you can hear the director saying, in credits, cut. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's right right at the end, um, before the credits end. He says, cut, and uh, the actor sings for another line, and kind of, oh, he was really enjoying singing. Uh, In the credits, you know, he he sings, and then um, Franklin gets up this howl of rage and pain. because oh, he, he, he's stuck in this situation. Um, I have one from Lanier. The guards resisted at first. I managed to explain matters to them. They will recover in time. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I have um, one more, but if somebody else one has one, then go ahead. Well, it looks like you'll be going. <laughs> we need one more quote. <laughs> Well, I actually have two more. Um, I have one from Jakar. Uh, Just as long as it is not in backwards, I peered into my own soul more than enough lately. Hmm, that's a good one. Talks about this eye. I knew that there had to be some from that scene, but I didn't write them down, and IMDb doesn't have any. No, yeah. And there's one really cool one as well that uh, Dukat says. He says, um, authority should never be used as a club to learn. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and we do it. What did you? S- <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I remember now. I have kind of forgotten that um, when Franklin is talking to Marcus, he said, "This smells like the inside of a Martian pleasure dome on Sunday morning." And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you can how just you imagine how bad it is, and then Marcus highlighting it. Well, I wouldn't know. Yeah, we need a flashback. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I mean, Franklin's misspent youth on mods. Gross. Hmm. <laughs> people. Um, well, that, that's probably where he picked up his bad habits of touching yeah. face. I'm looking at a suggested Babylon 5 watching order with all the movies. It's kind of interesting. We're going to go by the um, 
air date. We watch the movies probably. Yeah, other people are watching it um, on the suggested viewing order, and it does change a couple of things, but not much. Um, any other quotes? No, no. nothing else. It was not right. really a like a funny episode, so that there's lots of quotes in there. Yeah. So, um, who is our human of the week? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I. I Sad, really? Actually, I'm actually going to say Franklin because he's got a nice bit of deadpan humor here. And it, you know, I actually surprisingly could go along with that because he does uh, make Jakar's eye. That's true. He does. Yeah, and he's very good about it as well. He, he he's very considerate to what Jakar wants, and yes, we can alter the don't. color over the next couple of months. Yeah, listeners, please don't drive off the road when you hear me say that, because I know it's a huge shock that I would ever <laughs> say that Franklin wins anything. <laughs> well, let's go with Franklin then. So who's our alien of the week? The tall German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, totally. Awesome. <laughs> he used to live so, in Los Angeles for a while, apparently. I just read that. Really? Beth, I hope you're okay with these, because I'm not positive that we can hear you if you're talking. Hello? There you are. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could vote for Franklin, but uh, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really staying. for the lack of anybody else that deserves it. It's true. Snow Garibaldi. So no. can Delenn be both human and alien then? We could just, <laughs> I can reject her on both. She, she's yeah. a hybrid. She is a hybrid. Okay. But see, I kind of feel she's still more Membari than human, at least in her behavior. Well, in she's her, just yeah. doing this Membari ritual, so. Yeah. <laughs> How can she be human there? So now let's do ratings. Want to start us out, Anka? Mm, yeah. Oh, I didn't think about a rating system yet. Um, you know, it's, it's, a fairly, um, I wouldn't say slow episode, but it's not, you know, it's not action, uh, it's, it's not a lot of action. It's not a lot of, um, interaction between a lot of people there. It's, um, but it is a good history lesson. It's, uh, um, what I really liked about, uh, this episode is seeing what happened during the war, seeing Ducat, seeing Delenn becoming who she is today and basically, uh, you know, moving on from this acolyte position. And she really played that position very well, like this, this younger self very well. Um, I liked the revelations, although I think I knew about those things already, but maybe I didn't. I don't know anymore. I, I want to go back and forget about all that. Um, but it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's done nicely. Um, and, uh, but it is definitely a slower episode and it's definitely a, I wouldn't say a filler episode. It is an important episode, but um, it is. Uh, it has nothing to do with the war between the shadows and and the and the crew. So that's over, and it has nothing to do with what's maybe happening or what is right now already happening between the humans and the and, and Earth. Um, it is just simply putting things together and, and putting things in place. And I would I wouldn't say it is a um, most important episode, but definitely a good one so i would give it uh 7.5 out of 10 i have to think about something wait a second 
um, 7.5 out of 10, <laughs> I don't know, ice cold dreams. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. How about you, Heidi? I, I am having a hard time deciding what my rating is because I really got into this episode, like, uh, the revelations and, uh, finding out that the one started the war and all of that. And, uh, it got me thinking about all the time travel aspect again, because of her being a descendant of Valen and all of that. Um, and I enjoyed that quite a bit, but then there were parts in there, like the first, probably half of the whole dream sequencing stuff. I was, like, okay, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. And then I wasn't paying attention. And then when it got good, I was really paying attention, but then I didn't watch it again. So, um, and I really liked, uh, the scene with Jakar and his eye. That was hilarious. Um, and I'm interested where this whole Franklin and Marcus, uh, going out into space together is going, but I don't feel like it's a stellar episode. So I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10 glowing crystals. Cool. How about you, Beth? This will be seamless after editing. That's right. Well, this is sound. hard because I don't remember a lot of it. Um, like how I reacted when I saw it. You know, am I delayed? Yeah, just keep going. Uh, okay. Um, so I I think it was kind of interesting. Um and I, I liked some of the stuff on the ship. Um, I liked, you know, the sort of funny little scenes with Zach and Ivanova and, and Jakar and Franklin. And uh, Dylan, for me, is not my favorite, um, but stuff there. And. No. Oh. Yeah. Anyone there? I hear a yeah, dog with us. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I accidentally had myself muted for a little while, but uh, Beth cut out on me. I, I maybe heard you have a couple to of cut words here and there, and then just nothing. I guess maybe you have to cut in a little bit later on. Maybe she has to do it again then. Are you there, Heidi? I am here. Okay, <laughs> we'll get Beth ready. So, what do you think, Ian? Yeah, I do like this episode. I like. Hello, there oh, you hi. are. <laughs> Hello. Well, maybe I can think a little while longer on uh, the actual rating I'm going to give. I know what I'm going to give it, but what out of what, I don't know. (laughs) But um, I did enjoy it, and um, I really like the end scene. It's a great dynamic, and we haven't seen much of it. Hopefully we'll see more of it. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, I'd say eight Darth Delens out of ten. <laughs> eight, and Beth gives it, I, I forgot what it was, um, seven and a half feature eye jinx from Jakar. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, oh, I mean, I just wasn't, I don't know what I was doing or what kind of mood I was in, but I just wasn't into it that much when I watched it and, you know, the big revelation about Delid. I remember back in the day it being a big revelation, but maybe because I already knew, I just didn't care when I saw it this time. But yeah, I'll give it 7.5 detachable 
eyeballs. <laughs> Sounds pretty similar, all of us, right? 7.5, yeah. yeah, and so. Yeah. So let us drink this fluid and have our own dreaming and feedback, oh, man. Oh, these reasons are going to be hairy. So that was a total score of 7.5, by the way. Um, first, we... <laughs> detachable eyeballs. It reminds me of that song, sorry, Detachable Penis, when I said that. But, <laughs> but anyway, it's a song from the 90s, if you haven't heard it. I think it's from the 90s. Um, <laughs> it's a really weird song, but it's kind of funny. I lost feedback. Where did I do the feedback? Oh, there it is. Um, first, we have an email from Victor. Victor says, this one looks like it would be a Minbari-heavy episode, so right away I was expecting lots of pointless rituals and more Delin's tedious, mind-numbing speeches. But fortunately, they delivered the backstory by means of the dreaming. Whatever Delin was drinking, I want some of that. Although we already knew the broad strokes of her story, this fleshed out the details as her master Ducat turned out to be that rare Minbari who actually had a sense of humor. Ashley Lanier showed a trace of humor, but it was really, really dry humor, as in Sahara dry. But at least that's something compared to that rest of the world, the, that rest of that world of stuffy, uptight Martin Martinez. Overall, this was a <clears throat> excuse me. Overall, this was a good episode, although I was confused about the Minbari custom of the winner of a conflict sending a woman to live with the losers. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Presumably the losers had already lost so many men in combat that the last thing they would need was another woman. <laughs> you would think one of their women would go live with the winners, but it makes about as much sense as anything else the Minbari do. Since they explained why young Delin took up with that earther riffraff, I'll give this one seven and a half merciless maidens of Mir. Regards, Victor. Hey, thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Our next email is from Yarsto. Yeah, I'll take Yarsto's. Greeting down below, casters. Here's my feedback for atonement. Just a few short notes from this, from me, from me, this time. The scene with Zack being pitted for his new uniform at the start of the episode includes a nice reference to Zack's complaints that his jackets never fit right. The scene with Ivanova leaving the elevator also includes a reference to the past. She's wearing the drowsy green leader cloth from the Geometry of Shadows, with the drowsy cycle, with the drowsy cycle being 1.2 Earth years. This episode appears to be roughly two cycles after the start of the drowsy conflict. Maybe there was a uh, one cycle after the conflict ended, Party Two. And speaking of references to the past, when Delenn becomes Ducat's aide. He tells her the same things she'll tell Lanier later. Although later in this case means season one, flashbacks are nearly as confusing as time travel. Not exactly a reference to the past, but Ducar gets a new eye, at least a temporary one, in this episode. If I recall correctly, Andreas Katsoulis actually has brown eyes, uh, so still had to wear contact coloured contacts in both for his new red and blue look. Quotes, Sheridan as Ivanova emerges from the elevator, what the? Ivanova, don't even ask. To cut, and it's about, I cannot have an aide who will not look up, you will be forever walking into things. 
Favourite characters? Alien Delenn narrowly beating Descartes, who gets a great larger-than-life performance. Human Marcus for singing above and beyond the Call of Duty. Episode rating? I was tempted to make this a 7 as a joke for another universe, but actually it's an 8 out of 9 members of the Grey Council. Yasto from the Netherlands. Um, Thank you, Yasto. Thanks, Yasto. Our next email is from Yan. Uh, we'll take this one. Hello, Hello, down belowers. Here is some feedback for the season four, episode nine, Atonement. Zach gets an army of light uniform, does not like it. Trivia. In an interview with Anne Bruce, she told that the B5 costume department were playing the costume department taking Zach's measures. And Bruce herself is handling the needle. Hee hee hee. Oh, that's, that's a nice little bit of trivia. Marcus and Franklin are going to Mars, and Marcus is driving the madness of being twosome in a space cargo bay. Another piece of trivia. At Space City Con January 2014 in Galveston, Texas, Jason Carter actually performed a modern major general at the Rangers panel. When you have seen all of B5, it is worth searching YouTube for the panels from both that one and Phoenix Comic Con 2013. Both were celebrating the 25th anniversary of B5, and I attended both of them. Cool. Oh yes, Ivadova goes to a Drazi festival as Green Leader. The result is interesting. And Jakar gets an artificial eye and tests it in an amusing way. Otherwise, this episode is very Dylan-centric. We get some answers on her of her role in the Earth Mimbari War. Remember when Franklin asked what she did during the war and she just replied, for another time? That's a typical response from Delenn. Yet another Mimbari ritual. It looks like Delenn has learned a lot from Ducat. The parallel between her being the aide of Ducat and Lanier being hers are quite telling in that respect. It looks like Ducat already suspected Delenn's heritage before she is putting her hand to the Triluminary at her initiation into the Grey Council. I found the reaction of the council when Delenn put her hand to the Triluminary is just wonderful. Pure surprise, and a bit of terror, maybe? The scene where the Earth ships attack the Mimbari is devastating. Had you already guessed that Delenn's vote and her rage was responsible for a near genocide of the humans, dear ambassadors? No. Of course, she would have second thoughts and regrets, but that was too late because she was told it had become a holy war. This is a neat follow-up from a late delivery from Avalon, with King Arthur returning and giving the sword to Delenn. I really like that Delenn goes back into the dreaming, bending the rules, when she realized that she was told something important. Did you expect that she was a descendant of Valen? Oh, yes. um, Never crossed my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I want to actually raise the um, late delivery from Avalon point, because um, now we know that bit of information, that whole... Arthur returning the sword to Delenn is as important for Delenn more so than we even thought in the episode because she was the one who started the war. Hmm. Uh, this is the great thing about Babylon 5. You can go back and just get so much more from the episodes. Specifically because of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Kaylin's. Is that right? Kaylin's reaction? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, to the realization of how many descendants Balin would have by now. Terrified, yet in true Mimbari fashion, he also shows that he can make creative use of the traditions. And now for the favorites. Human, 
Franklin for having to listen to Marcus's shenanigans. Alien Delenn with honorable mention Lanier quotes Zach. I should ask the Mimbari about fashion. Uh, Jakar, we've done the I one. Ivanova, I think we had the don't even ask. Um, Delenn, not sure if we had this one. If the universe puts a mystery in front of us as a gift, politeness requires that we at least try to solve it. Um, Lanier. Dylan, I have pledged myself to be at your side come fire or storm or darkness or death. Could understanding be a greater danger? Dylan, in this case, yes. Um, Dukat, I suspect the journey will be a curious and fascinating one. It always is. Kaylin, when asked how many descendants Balin would have, they cannot be counted. Um, Franklin, this is the kind of conversation that can only end in a gunshot. Rating. I like the revelations of this episode, and Mira Furlan has some very good and intense Delenn moments, so I rate Atonement 850 out of 1,000 Descendants of Valen. Take care for now. On From now on, you have to watch the rest of Babylon 5, because there is no surrender and no retreat. Yeah, and the Babylon uh, lurker. Thanks, thanks Jan. Thank you, Jan. And next we have an email from Melanie. I'll take this one, because I'm not sure... Beth is, um, Melanie says, hi down below. This is an episode that introduced me to Babylon 5. I was browsing TV tropes and found out that Delenn had made the deciding vote for the Earthman Bari War and then spent 10 years trying to make up for it. I thought that I'd probably like a show that allowed that kind of character development and I was right. When I watched Midnight on the Firing Line for the first time and Ragesh 3 was being attacked, I tried to figure out which ships were the humans and which were the Minbari. I also thought that the Centauri hair was some crazy feature human fashion. Then the intro informed me that it was 10 years after the Earth Minbari War. Oh, maybe not exactly what I expected, but I kept watching. After figuring out who Dewin was in the second episode, I wasn't going to wait three and a half seasons for this one. Over the past week, I've been trying to figure out which parts I watched and which I think I fast forwarded. Mm-hmm to the scene where Lanier and Delenn were leaving the station. Lanier became my first favorite character for the loyalty he shows to Lynn in the rest of the episode. The parts about Delenn being genetically compatible with humans and Sinclair being Balin went over my head as she went over my head as speeches I probably need more context to understand. I didn't think much of Delenn's hair. I just assumed that Minbari can grow hair and the story drew me in so much that I didn't stop to wonder why she'd be the only one who had done it. I like this episode, but more for introducing me to the show than for the actual episode. I'm probably holding it to a higher standard because of all the buildup it got for me. But by the time I got to it after having watched the previous seasons, I was a little disappointed to find out that the only reason we got those amazing flashbacks was the romance between Delenn and Sheridan. I didn't really care about the romance, and given Delenn's history of not obeying the other Minbari, there was no way that anyone would keep her off the station, even if they decided to break them up. And of course, by the time the Narn Centauri conflict had been in my focus for the past two seasons, along with a certain young Centauri who caught my attention when he saved 2000 Narns. That said, I find this episode better than I remembered it to be. This time around, I find myself focusing more on Delenn's backstory and some small details. One of the human ships encountering them in Baris, the Hyperion. That's the same ship that showed up in the second part of the first two-parter back in Season 1 when Epsilon 3 was falling apart. It's not the ship that King Arthur was on, so at least two of the human 
ships managed to escape. Lanier stood out much more than he has in a long time, which was nice to see. Rating 8, bonus for introducing me to Babylon 5, 1.5. Final rating, 9.5, Drazi Parties. Human of the Week, Ivanova. <laughs> Alien Lanier. Quote, Lanier, Delin, I have pledged myself to your side. Come fire or storm or darkness or death. Can understanding be a greater danger? Delin, in this case, yes. Yeah, I think we did that one. So. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian beer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Melanie. I just want to point out Thanks. that you can actually have two ships called the Hyperion, and especially if one ship ends up getting destroyed ten years before. So it didn't necessarily escape. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. That's mail at downbelowpodcast.com if you want to contribute. So, I don't know, Heidi, do you want to do predictions? <laughs> I'm not sure if Beth is still... We will, uh... No, Beth is gone. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and at least do a prediction for the next episode. Yeah. The name of the next episode is Racing Mars. Oh, gee. I think (laughs) that it's going to be about Marcus and uh, Franklin when they get to Mars. They're going to be pod racing Mars. Beth's not here because I know both of you have been waiting for this. Yes, we've been waiting for Mars. Um... I am hoping that uh, in this episode that they somehow find out something about uh, Sheridan's dad. Um, I don't know why, but I, I probably just because I want to know, not necessarily because I think it might happen and have something to do with Mars. But uh, but I'm hoping that 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 will be part of it. Um, other than that, I don't I don't really have anything specific that I'm thinking other than just of course it's going to be them and Mars because uh title and that's where we left off this episode so that's all really any predictions about the past that uh, things that might have gone on the cup might have done that might have happened it, uh, uh? <laughs> are you trying to ask that without being spoilery <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not doing a very good job, sorry. Um about the past. I don't know, I think that I think that where we were talking about them maybe he was sent a letter from Balin too or something. I think that that's a definite possibility. I think he maybe knew more than he uh let on. Um maybe he was pulling some strings that we'll find out about. I don't know. Because really Delenn had to Delenn had to start the Earth Mimbari War in order for Sinclair to become Balin. And so we get into that whole circular time travel thing again. <laughs> and then it just makes my head hurt. So <laughs> um So yeah, I think maybe he knew more than he was letting on, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. Any revelations for uh, any any thoughts of the for the revelation if that affects them somehow? Hmm. I don't really think so. Other than she can be more honest now <laughs> and quit saying things like uh, like oh that's for another time. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> Although I'm sure she still has plenty of secrets. Do you think she'd actually ever tell um, Sheridan though? I don't know, it could come out and then it would uh, kind of be a bit of a conflict. It's a moment. 
I think it would be less of a conflict if she told him, but uh, it's possible that it could come out at some point. I don't know how he would find that. If <laughs> you would know. Yeah. Because Lanier wouldn't slip. So, John, there's something I want to tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how he breaks them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, now Lanier knows. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Lanier has ammunition. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, Anka, thank you for coming back and joining us again. Yeah, thank you for putting up Always with Skype and all its problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually interesting. Really, the first five minutes I thought, hmm, what's going on there? Uh, well, the first 15 minutes we could have get a call started. Oh yeah, pretty much, yeah, that's true. And then for Beth it didn't get any better. No, yeah, it didn't, it really didn't. But then it was also not her episode anyway, so <laughs> it was Delenn and Sheridan. So. Right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> She's not a shipper anyway, so. Well, that is all we have for this time, folks. We'll be back next time with Racing Mars. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Be seeing you. <laughs> Bye. And for best, stroke off. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. <laughs>